0: All right. Good morning, beautiful people. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning. I am Nube Brown, your host of Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. And listen, we are still in a fun drive. So I want you to, even though we have made our goal, so people have been so generous. It's so beautiful. I'm so happy to see that. Um, we are still in the fund drive, so feel free to keep on giving. Um, you can go to kpoo.com and with a credit card or donate via PayPal. If you want to donate by check, um, which all of these donations are tax deductible, you make the check payable to KPOO and mail it to KPOO PO Box 156. Six five zero San Francisco, California, 94115. And of course, your generosity is greatly appreciated. And I just want to give a shout out of major gratitude uh, for being able to have this very precious hour for all things prison related. Um, We uh, want to give a shout out to all of our family members, our friends, our loved ones, our community members that are behind the walls. Uh, We hear you. We love you. We see you. And um, we are doing, uh, we are working with you to get you free. And first, we're going to free those voices. And um, yes, all of our political prisoners, our elders, our youth, all of our people. So, um, all right. With that said, we um, are going to uh, spend most of the hour... I'm hearing excerpts from the third annual Ratcliffe Awards that Minister King of Cage Universal uh, put together. Uh, You can get the whole award ceremony, which is by going to Cage Universal YouTube. We're going to hear some excerpts. This is also co-sponsored by California Prison Focus and San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. so it's really a lot about it's a it's like a political education, political education, musical or kind of artivist webinar kind of thing. So we're going to hear music. We're going to hear commentary from all different kinds of people. We'll be, of course, hearing from Minister King. Um, but I just I'm going to um, we're just going to let the show go. And I want to give a shout out also to Minister King for constantly being dedicated to getting these Ratcliffe Awards. And it's Mary Ratcliffe Awards uh, out every year. This, again, is the third annual. Um, it's not easy putting this together. Also, being an artist that he is, so much of his... Uh, Work, time, energy goes into being that art so making music, making videos, working with people. So it's really beautiful to see uh, what he has come up with. And of course, it, everything had to go virtual once the pandemic started, and uh, which is not over. And we're talking about COVID-19 pandemic, because we also know we have the pandemic of racism, colonialism, capitalism, and imperialism. All right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and get started, and the first person that we're actually going to hear from who is um, going to uh, start us off is Ida Ref from the Black Writers Liberation Party. All right, here we go. Black power and all
5: power to the people. This is Ida Ref, Minister of Public Relations of Black Writers Liberation Party. New Generation Black Panther Party for self-defense. You tuned in to the third annual Ratcliffe Award. Awards. You know what I'm saying? Standing solid for the prison abolition and the award to free all political prisoners and prisoners' award. Um, so basically, you know the Black Riders Liberation Party, the Black Commune Program, which is the upgraded ten-point platform, uh, the evolved ten-point platform of the original Black Panther Party. A uh, point EU states that we ride because we demand a. Uh, all cases of black people held captive in the jails and prisons of America to be reopened and retried by a jury of our own peers and um, freedom of all all political prisoners. You know what I'm saying?
0: Um, All right, let's really get rolling here with the third annual Ratcliffe Awards. We're going to hear from Minister King. I want to remind you that this is audio from a YouTube video that is almost an hour long uh, around, these, uh, third, around this third annual Ratcliffe Awards. Here we go.
6: And we must pray. See, you gotta change the gangster mentality into a revolutionary mentality. You know, when the roof is on fire, a man and a woman are two men, two comrades don't have time to argue under burn burning roof. Revolutionary gangster. Told my comrades to take heed. They took heed. Just get me that shot. Minister, side Little little shout
0: out his daddy thing Got his fame from Houston After the first storm And yet we to Houston I've been thinking about Putin And now I don't even like
6: Putin This 2021 Minister 2000 King wars, Where we demand in the Strategic release and the liberation Of our elders Where we as artists come together In the community And do collective activism Talk about some, some real serious issues. Some some of these topics are gonna be kind of sensitive. Mm-hmm. But um, when we talk about people's lives, I think we need to be serious. For people that don't know, I'm a returning citizen. I just did 18 years in in state prison, did six years in federal prison. So that's why we're here today to represent the incarcerated class, as well as the returning citizen. And some of those issues, as they correlate, um, one of the things I, w- I want to talk about is what is institutional, institutionalized racism. You know, racism is embedded in laws and regulations of society and organizations. So,
7: I was arrested back in to, uh, uh, early mid-August. Protesting and doing this peaceful protest, one of the elders was rashiel McGee. So we're here today with Kelly. Hi. Hi. Right, so
6: um, can you tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I am a civil
7: rights attorney. Uh, I have been for uh, 12, 13 years maybe. Um, I spent the last, over a decade actually, in Chicago. Uh, doing police brutality, 1983 cases, um, both for uh, incarcerated and non-incarcerated people, and now I am here in California, um, and I'm a staff attorney for legal services for prisoners with children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with the work that you do, do you see,
6: well, I I think it was back in in August, Mm -hmm. and you had to defend
1: me because of the, uh, the
6: issues I was subjected to. And back in August, the earlier, uh, part of July, um, I should say July 14, me and a, a few other people, part of our coalition, was doing a peaceful protest. And it was for a uh, political prisoner, Michelle McGee. And one of the things uh, that part of our campaign is to liberate our elders. And when we're trying to liberate these caged voices and elevate these voices through the newspaper, San Francisco Bayview, and California Prison Focus, a lot of times, um, them themselves, the incarcerated class, are being subjected to reprisals. And when they come off the board, they're stigmatized as extremists, black identity extremists. So, I mean, I know this is correlated to institutionalized racism, systemic racism. So we can we can talk about those things, but it's always about a solution. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about Pinnacle Forty Five Seventy One, I mean, what do you know about that? Because I mean, I mean, when I went to the uh, prison, I was there not only to put out information and bring awareness about these elders, but I was there to put on fair and constructive notice. Mm-hmm. Well, I should preface by saying that I wasn't
7: the only one who defended. Um, Richard Tan, who I believe is also joining us tonight, also defended you. And you had numerous people assisting you with your defense as well. So it certainly wasn't a one woman job. But, um, yes, you were charged with uh, PC 4571, which in the simplest terms essentially says that somebody who has been convicted and spent time within a state prison is not allowed onto the Um, land of uh, the state prison uh, or any lands adjacent to or belonging to which is extremely broad without the consent of the warden or other officer in charge Um, this statute is written in such a broad way that it has first amendment implications not to mention the fact that it as I said is so incredibly broad Uh, god it could arguably include the courthouse that one is in or,
6: um, for one of the hearings. Right. So, I mean, how serious is it when you have people just stigmatized as being part of some type of subversive group instead of looking at them as an organization? My argument is, what about the elders that's been incarcerated for 30 or 40 years that was in solitary confinement? Mm-hmm. and? they still got inside of their CFL, confidential informants or whatnot, inside of their central file, they had these documents, which they call 1030s. And they're not able to marshal against these particular uh, documents. So we don't really know, if you stigmatizing me, an activist, a person just bringing awareness, we don't really know if you remove that language of uh, black identity, extremists against these other two individuals. So strategically, I would think that the litigation will be, let's comb the records of these particular people and let's look and see more about the corporate male you know, thesis that's being imposed on these individuals because there's been litigation through the Oscar versus Governor case and more. So, I mean, I guess the biggest question is how do we move the needle forward when there's a lot of people just just being treated in, in, in UNA with no due process. Whew,
7: how do, we, how do we move the needle forward with all that? <laughs> I don't know if we have time to talk about that tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's so many matters that need to be addressed. Um, I'm lucky enough right now to be working a little bit on the Asher case, um, you know, which is dealing with um, prisoners who were in solitary confinement for up to 30 years at a time and we're still fighting to get the information um, about, uh, 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 the information from CDCR about who these confidential informants are. That are saying, oh this guy is part of an STG, or this guy is doing this, this guy is breaking the rules, but nobody seems to know who it is, and we can't, um, uh, we can't validate it in any way. Um, so how we push that needle, I, you know, I guess, in essence, and without sounding too negative, we just keep slamming our head against it mm. yeah. and demanding information and demanding the validation of the information and the validation of such treatment. Right. And I, I mean, I think that some of the principal
6: data is been there doing a lot of movement in the culture exchange while they have been incarcerated. I think they should be recognized for some of the work. When you talk about some of these principal thinkers, mm-hmm. strictly out of the, uh, or, or should I say, a particular class, out of the Oscar case, mm-hmm. um, they don't talk about the, the things that they've been doing from the prison and women's rights movement blueprint. They don't talk about the agreement to end hostilities. It's, it, it's changed the whole culture mm-hmm. and it's changed the mentality because it gives. The, uh, the incarcerated class proximity to build with each other when they're inside of these study groups. And I think it was because then the solitary confinement, I was reading the Bayview newspaper and, and the Prison Focus newspaper and there was so much information on how to address these issues because it was providing us with tools to elevate our voices inside and out. But when we talk about these historical documents, yeah, it's parallel to society now. Now you got liberate the cage voices is a program Mm -hmm. that's connected directly to the inside, and this is coming out of San Francisco Bayview. You you got some of the things that we do at at Prison Focus with the culture and art. So they don't they don't really talk about this in CDCR. And reason why I say CDC small R because we believe that uh, rehabilitation starts within. You know, there's a book. They say we are all liberators, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to believe that. And once we
1: start putting forth these
6: particular programs, we're not really asking CDCR for any special handouts. But the thing is, the majority of the particular class is saying we just want what we got coming. Mm-hmm. And that's basic uh, uh, rights, you know, human needs. So
7: I like that small small r because I've never known any human or animal that could ever be rehabilitated in. Right. That doesn't exist. So um, I want to thank you for coming out. Um, so you got anything you want to add for today for, for what you guys got going Um, I mean, we've got a few things going. Uh, right now we're you know, fighting to make sure that uh, any settlement that takes place in uh, county jails for the mental health of its prisoners is actually taking place uh, and is actually helping the mental health of the prisoners and not just, again, building more cages. Uh, additionally, we're uh, reviewing evidence regarding uh, allegations of um, orchestrated fights on the yards and CDCR amongst uh, different um, supposed gang members. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're keeping fighting and we're just trying to continuously remind people that you know these, these people that America seems to want to throw away on a regular basis,
6: they're human beings, and they need our respect, and the
7: Bill of Rights
6: was written for them. Right. Okay, so I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Radcliffe Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, you're the in the 3rd Annual Waxchurch Award, and we'll be right back after these messages and a word from our sponsors. When I was in solitary confinement, I was around men who had been there for 30 and 40 years They was held in solitary confinement for reading literature on George Jackson. Bye, bye, baby, it's over, friendship's meant to be broken, kind, rash.
0: All right, that was Minister King doing his work uh, as Cage Universal and the art of studies. So I want
6: to talk about Chip Fitzgerald, who went in when he was younger, held captive because of the 13th Amendment. And he died as an elder who was on the cane. He died because of the draconian system, because CDC small R, California Department of Corrections, fellows refused to liberate his elder. So now we out here with boots on the ground, trying to free them all. So what's the call? Free them all. Strategic release. Thank you. The 20th anniversary,
3: on June 29, 2001, G.I. Johnson is still fighting for free as police shooting and cover-up is standing in the court. A hearing on the LAPD not turning over. Takes and evidence that the court previous report had to do. Please help the support. Johnson in this fight for freedom. Go to freegi project.org and post on social media. Thank you. Bless
1: them. Minister King's prosecution by CCR shows the lens to which the capitalist state and its special bodies of armed men will go to to persecute political activists, class struggle militants, working to end this country's system of mass incarceration.
0: That's the voice of civil rights attorney, Richard Tan.
1: That system is specifically targeted against working communities of color. We should not forget that, in my opinion, one of the central reasons that King was tagged as a black identity extremist Arrested And then charged with felony charges is because he had called for a demonstration on the 50th anniversary of the assassination of George Jackson by CDCR. And George, along with his brother, Jonathan, was a Marxist committed working class revolutionary whose revolutionary vision extended not only to the ending of our system of mass incarceration. But to the breaking up and dismantling of the capitalist state of which that system of mass incarceration is a part. Turning from Minister King to Lumia Abu Jamal, I'm a member of the Labor Action Committee of Free Lumia, and I want to let you all know that a United Front Committee has been set up. Organize an international forum for Mumia's freedom on February 1st to next year, the beginning of Black History Month. The call for this event is for international workers' action, free Mumia Abu-Jamal, and all anti-racist and anti-imperialist freedom fighters. In our opinion, workers' action, on a global scale, is necessary to win the freedom of Mumia and other class struggle, internationalist, political prisoners who are currently languishing in the American penal system. We are inspired in this regard by the recent call by NUMSA, the National Union of Metalworkers of South Africa. NUMSA is the largest union in South Africa and they have called for an international campaign to free Mumia. They also recently waged a weeks-long strike uh, across the nation of South Africa on behalf of their members. The speakers at this event include Mumia himself, via recorded statement, Angela Davis, Irvin Jim, the General Secretary of NUMSA, Mohammed Ahmad, founder of the Revolutionary Action Movement, RAM, and many others. It will be moderated by Cleo Silva's Black Panther Party Commemoration Committee, Cleo was a member of Earth, the Panthers, and the Young Lords, as well as the League of Revolutionary Black Workers. If you want more information about this event, you can email freedom4antiracists at gmail.com. Four is the number four, so freedom the number four, antiracists at gmail.com. Free Mumia, free all anti racist Ladies and gentlemen, welcome you back to the Radcliffe
6: Awards for 2021. My next guest up is my sister, my comrade, to keep the boots on the ground for the people out here. I mean, like, I really don't know much to say because her actions resonate more than the words. So I want to introduce you all to Tiny from Poor Magazine. Alright, so, you was here at the first awards, so you being here, so I, I didn't just meet you today. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was incarcerated, me and a few other uh, principal bankers used to send you letters, articles, and used to publish them and support us. And um, it was many a times when we, we wasn't being heard because we was being subjected to being censored. And um, not only Poor Magazine, but San Francisco Bayview, uh, Mary and Willie Radcliffe, uh, and it was many more newspapers. M.I.M. So I always, when I read the, when I read Poor Magazine, I seen radical journalism mm. because it was curriculum there. It was you guys was always out there with the people, and it was just boots on the ground. So I just wanted to know. What do you think, here we are in 2021, where are we leading with these issues? Some of the core issues, like um, me and the brothers was talking about previously, the core issue to incarceration that I believe, to crime, I should say, is um, inadequate healthcare, poor education, you know, we got an influx of opiates in the street, which we know you could go to CVS and Walgreens and get that, right? But um, one of the core issues, is unhoused, unhoused, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, I know you and Mama D y'all been on that issue for years. So here in Oakland, we dealing with um, Poor Magazine. You guys are just like the catalyst of bringing people together for the unhoused. So tell me a little bit more about what you guys do on Well, you know, I speak and teach to to verse and poetry. So I guess I'll be going
8: in and out. I'm a poverty scholar, that houseless mama, that houseless daughter, all those people you don't want to see, never want to be, look away from me, Would you want to do, arrest me, or in your city. And so I brought my jailhouse attire, because I didn't do 18 years, I did three months for the poverty crime of being unhoused, in this occupied indigenous holler. Uh, I'll, orange ain't the new black, Hollywood will sell you that crack, don't believe that. But I'm trying to uninvisibilize all the peoples that people turn their eyes away from and practice what I call the violent act of looking away. So yeah, from Oakland to uh, basically the Bronx, from so-called uh, Bellingham, Washington, where we just got back from, AKA Occupy Lummi and Nooksuck Territory, you have people being swept like with trash. So let me first break it down, and I know that you're my conscious brother in this. But colonizer has codes to talk about us, about about us, without us. You already know. So they use these words like sweeps to make people think that humans are trash just because we're on the street. So we do gotta flip the colonizer's language and not accept their designation for our oppression. So that's the first thing. And what we're dealing with in Oakland is similar to Frisco, which is a pile of tricksters creating deadly legislations and contracts, as I say, but the war on the poor is in full effect, right? And the reality is, like I always say, see that houseless mama and daughter sleeping in a tent? That's because we don't got money for the rent. So when me and my were um, back in L.A., I was 12 years old, um... My mom was disabled, afro orphan, orphaned, barely survived orphanages and foster homes. And she was laid off from that job. She got off of health care, And it was one more, two little murder of the soul, she used to call it. And she couldn't keep on keeping on the hamster wheel. So what happened? We ended up on the street, sleeping in doorways, bus benches, shelter beds, and the back seat of a car if we were lucky enough to have one. That lasted till I was 22. I didn't leave my mama what would I do? I'm a in good indigenous daughter and took care of my mom the day that she transitioned e by a. but I say that to say at 18 I was put in Santa Rita because it's an act of uh, so called crime to be unhoused anywhere in the U.S. and it's citable there's 284 laws on the books in Oakland alone different ways, it's the same as stop and frisk, it's the same as uh, you know, 187, is the same as all these ways that they incarcerate black and brown and indigenous and houseless bodies. It's a very similar settler colonial codes. So, you know, you can keep talking about affordable housing and fake led legislations, as I call it, or you can do like the Bayview and do like you do on with case and, and all the work with uh, Free the Elders. It's self-determination is our liberation. And that's what we're doing in Oakland, Occupy the Chant with uh, permission and guide, spiritual guidance from First Nations folks. We're doing Homefulness, A Homeless people Solution to Homelessness. And we just released this book. But I say that to say it isn't actually as complicated as people try to make it. Oh, how do we solve the homeless problem? Again, talking about us like we aren't humans. Homeless people, houseless people, our multiverse, just like people with roots. Me and my were on no substances. Not that that's a bad thing either way. Try to live through the kind of poverty and racism in this occupied land, and not do some kind of substance to to, to numb your mind. But that wasn't Mama's thing. She was just absolutely unable to continue to function. And so that's what happened to us. And we would be hiding because poor families can't be seen, or our bodies and our lives are criminalized. And most of the time, that means we're separated. So anyway, I say all that to say, King, that in the same way of the powerful work that you're doing with uncaged voices, we are building our own self-determined movement. We are teaching young folks with race and class privilege about radical redistribution and what I call community reparations, which means that if I see you and you're on the street, we're both human. Our lives are entwined, and therefore our solutions are entwined. And we need to work for our collective humanity, as you put it in the
0: beginning of the show. All right. If you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio, and I'm your host, Nube Brown. We are hearing excerpts of the third annual Ratcliffe Awards hosted by Minister King X, co-sponsored by California Prison Focus, Cage Universal, and San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. And these are all audio ex- excerpts of a of the show that was that is on YouTube, and you can go to Cage Universal YouTube to hear this entirety of this show. And I believe there's going to be more. But right now, we are going to be taking a musical break and then get back to it. This is Fight to Build by Minister King X, also known as Pie Face, uh, from his new album that was just dropped last week. You can find it on all streaming platforms. Here, you're going to hear it from Spotify. <laughs>
6: Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Try let they let to out i side of the building, unite through the strike Yeah, I'm kind of commuting My head out the water, we gon' rattle with this one My boys from the hood, stepping out of the kitchen Pots in them pens. we were slaving in prison Lord, if I do it, then I'm counting my blessings Stars in me, coming pop, flying in pieces out of the spaceship, ducking and I'm dodging. I don't kick it with fakeness news. Poof with a honey, I ain't nothing to play with. Gorilla by night, civil fox in the day shift. Shock the muscle, but you was spreading. stop, won't stop. Pain stop, stop, won't stop. Pain stop, stop, won't stop. Can't stop. From juvenile hall, that baby's a free man. A cage that can claw, none of us free men. Them hunger strike rest, fight the law with an ink pen. Mad that the wounds won't walk to freedom. Wolves on the ground, my mothers is Minister King Gex of California Prison Focus, Cage Universal. We're here at the 2021 Ratcliffe Awards. And I got the principal thinker from the Mass Hunger Strike, the California Hunger Strike, Mr. Lewis Powell, the principal thanker of the historical book that's going around right now. And um, so basically I want to ask you about salutary confinement, reparation. And any anything else that you wanna talk about, sir? Okay. Um, well I was uh, thirty-eight years old when I arrived in top Pelican Bay Solitary Confinement Unit in November
3: eighty nine. I was be held under solitary confinement for twenty-five years in Pelican Bay, of which I was sixty-three years old when leaving solitary confinement. Uh, during the time I was at Pelican Bay, I contracted a hepatitis B a few years after arriving in Tullyton Bay solitary confinement unit. Uh, between the years of 1989 and 1996, prisoners under indefinite solitary confinement had to share the same disposable razors and haircut clippers. A lot of prisoners had contracted uh, hepatitis B. From Hughes, you know, some prisoners had HIV, but you had no way of knowing anyone' anyone's medical history of having a contagious disease. So, the medical department knew, but they were powerless. To this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. But they were powerless to separate prisoners who were contagious away from the non-contagious prisoner. The prison security squad determined security over health and the spread of disease uh, towards uh, breaking individuals down to debris. And so uh, we were all constantly told that you would be exposed to this and that you'd over your own population. Well, anyway, after discovering that I had contracted hepatitis, I underwent biopsy a few years later. Hundreds of solitary the prisoners who we had tried kind of to in the cut his bed and went to liver biopsy day two and we kept going through it again. It was like uh, it was like it was standing you. Know? And it was brutal, real brutal. Um I had a cellmate a who was uh, in his late 60s who he mentioned he died after having a heart attack. The arrest of, uh, whites and Mexican prisoners in their 60s and 70s would die of a heart attack while I'm in solitary confinement. Um, uh, i witnessed so many prisoners, young and old, go insane, completely insane. Um, uh, I am now 70 years old. I've at a great risk. And they ages in the adult because the IKI prison cards would kill younger
6: prisoners who are affiliated with a racial prison gang. And I am a ranking member of a white security thread. You're watching the third annual Rap Awards, and we'll be right back after these messages and a word from our sponsors. I say
4: full
5: water All power to the people who do not fear real freedom. My name is Kijana Tassiri, a New African Revolutionary Nationalist political president. This statement is being submitted in support of our strategic release of our elder campaign. And some may be asking the question, who am I to speak on this issue? And my response is simply, who am I not to? As I have firsthand knowledge, Inexperience of being tortured while in turn in solitary confinement. Yes, Pelican Bay shoe, as was the case with my elders. I have been denied parole several times in the years of 2006. 2008, 2010, and 2016, for the sole reasons of our political beliefs and activities within the slave camps, none of which constituted any form of violence, meaning that the pretext of internally to indefinite solitary confinement status was totally fabricated. For example, on August 12, 1994, I was removed from the general population mainline for commemorate my ancestor's historical legacy of resistance during the month of black office. CDCR administrators at New Folsom State Prison have only fabricated the lie of me organizing prisoners to assault prison guards for the month of black office. This line was good.
9: a grieving mothers upon silent war my name is Idra drew and I represent the grieving mothers I sit in a room with other women some look like me we all have one thing in common our kids are dead see I could imagine the through our individual heads, over the blood that was shed. Piercing eyes glaze over the crowd, a silent war cry, while in battle, stationary, and on our posts, crying out with no words. We still, we sit like cloned drones of a former presence of the former us wrapped up in present flesh and bones. We service the chairs as fillers, checked out a sea of mothers. Invisible tears flood the audience choked up and gasping for air before drowning by the frequency overflow of the pain and hurt from their losses. I am Audra Candy Corner, grieving, grieving mother, and it is very important for us to realize we all come from the very same energy which is the creator so it is important how we take care of ourselves and each other be your brother and your sister's keeper because at the end of the day it starts with a crying mate a crying mother's group on silent war.
0: the indictment for uh there was an over 90 page indictment uh that was presented to the international jurors for the recharge genocide um international tribunal 2021 and i had the pleasure of being able to put together a document from some of the basically putting together some of the voices from uh, a few of the hunger strikers and um I want to read the piece that Joko Hishima Jinsai wrote, because I think it's important, again, this is, this is part of the way um, about to liberate the cage voices and getting their voices out so we can help to get them out, so people can know more about them. So I want to just read the piece. Um, it's an excerpt from um, Joko Hashima Jinsai. For over 50 years, in violation of the Eighth and Fourteenth Amendments, clearly established U.S. law, see in medley and international law, the California Department of Corrections has presided over the genocidal domestic torture program in its indeterminate security housing units, SHU, against new African political and politicized prisoners in hopes of eradicating the ideology, the national identity of politically active new Africans in their custody. Security housing units, shoes like those in Pelican Bay, Tehachapi, and Corcoran, are torture units. They are used indefinitely. They are used to indefinitely house human beings in solitary confinement based on an administrative determination that they are gang members, with an impetus towards breaking their minds in hopes of eliciting information and coercing them into becoming informants or active agents in the state. This virtually defines the validation indeterminate shoe confinement and debriefing processes which are all interconnected we were routinely told quite frankly at ICC institutional classification committee hearings the only way you'll get out of shoe is if you parole brief or die at parole board hearings the line was no different the panel of law enforcement officials would state if you want a parole date you may want to think about debriefing to debrief one must become an informant, an agent of the state, and decades of torture and withholding of freedom are strong state sanctions to compel someone to make something up or simply parrot what they are told to say to get out of shoe or support a law enforcement agenda. Shoes are by definition torture units, and specifically experimental, ultra supermax isolation units like Pelican Bay Shoes, D Shore Corridor, and Corcoran's shoe B 4BILC section, short corridor, were specifically engineered to warp reality for purposes of breaking men's minds. Yet, in the case of New African Revolutionary Prisoners, there was an even more insidious motivation the extermination of New African Revolutionary Nationalism from the California prison system and society at large. New African Revolutionary Nationalist prisoners are the only group of prisoners consigned to Shu for our ideas, for what we read, or what we wrote. We resisted shoe torture and our struggle to abolish shoe torture units was inextricably linked to the broader struggle to seize cultural hegemony in the U.S. from the ruling class and its tool, the state. This struggle has contributed to progressively changing attitudes in societies and and prisons. The lines between the socially hostile microcosm of prison and the politically reactionary microcosm of society were being blurred as progressive activists across the spectrum began to join hands across the walls with progressive and revolutionary prisoners, producing new social relationships, new political perspectives, and moving toward truly revolutionary, i.e. rational, character structures and ideology. The response of the state was to increase the repression against the new African revolutionary prisoner class, Simply saying it, writing the term New African would earn you a disciplinary report and more time added to your prison sentence. Again, imprisoned New Africans, revolutionary nationalists, revolutionary scientific socialists were the only class of prisoners subject to California's indefinite shoe torture units based solely on their political beliefs and expressions. To be sure... The very purpose of the U.S. domestic torture program and the creation of sensory deprivation torture units across U.S. prisons was to control revolutionary attitudes in the prison system and society at large. That was a quote, said former Marion Supermax warden Ralph Aaron. Control in this instance meant eradication of the ideological foundation of a specific racial and national group, New Africans in America, with three kids. The decades non prisoners languished in shoe torture units with many breaking psychologically or abandoning their new African national identity in exchange for escape from the torture unit was indeed a form of genocide. Waged against the new African nation, as few will dispute that its most advanced ideological and political proponents were some of the same prisoners confined in indefinite, indefinitely in California's shoes. Though we waged a successful struggle to eradicate domestic torture units in California, see the Asker V. Brownson um, case, the injury to the new African political prisoner class has not abated. After decades of attempting to wipe us from existence, they simply tossed out uh, and tossed out on the mainline as though they have not committed this heinous crime against us. In the torture unit, there were no programs, educational opportunities, vocational training, or rehabilitative efforts at all these are necessary to make one eligible for parole because our class has on average been imprisoned between 30 and 50 years. Once released from SHU many of us were also due for parole eligibility hearings before the board. Most of us were denied parole even after all we've been subjected to primarily because we did not have the educational, vocational, or rehabilitative program certifications and board requires. To be sure, On May 2019, comrade Abdul Olubala Shakur, after over 40 years in prison, 32 and a half of those years in solitary confinement went before the board and was denied five years primarily because he had yet to complete the GED program. Had he, had we not been illegally held in sensory deprivation torture units for decades on end, we would have long since completed these programs and more. It is our contention that these decades-long violations of our 8th and 14th Amendment rights and rights under international law require require equitable restitution for the crimes committed against us in the form of parole dates for the relatively small number of new African political politicized prisoners subject to indeterminate shoe confinement. The criteria qualifying one for release under institutional restitution, viable employment, housing, a strong support network, etc., are more than met by each subject in the institutional restitution class. There are fewer than 20 non-prisoners remaining from this class in prison, all between 45 and 75. According to the Bureau of of Justice statistics, the recidivism rate for those who have served 20 years or more of continuous confinement is 0.015%, virtually non-existent. Opposition to such a targeted release of such a small number of fully rehabilitated, relatively elderly prisoners would only be further proof of the state's fascist motive force. We charge genocide and it is our contention that institutional restitution is the remedy for it. Join us in demanding institutional restitution, declared Joka Hashima Jinsai. Spent 20 years, 20 plus years in Shu and is still caged in Kern Valley State Prison. This is how we mob, we do it every
6: day. Me and S.E.I. don't put a hollow in your face. Used to rock the 50, then I cut us in the stain. If you ride with me, put the dollars in the tank. Yes, I'm really broke, I used to rob a lot of banks. Now I delegate for the fans in the state. We out here in Oakland, and just like this happened in San Bernardino, L.A., New York, we having a high speed to get away from police brutality. Put this room up on the ass like the lights song. but I'ma push more gas yeah, like the light up. We're here today with a, with, a, with a person that's really dear to me, somebody I, I met while I was incarcerated through um, one of my elders. And I remember talking to him on the phone and telling him I was going to come out here in society and do some movement building with him. And I just want to introduce you to Arthur, because Arthur is one of them guys that I really look up to because of the things he do in society. And he been doing it, and he do it from the heart. So I want you to tell me about the things that you've been doing, in, in, in not just in society, but for the brothers and sisters that have been behind the walls, you know? Let's talk about it more in depth.
4: Well, we don't have a lot of time, so it's just to cut straight
2: to it. So we talk about liberating elders. Um, I think one of the things we don't talk about is that things that those elders do that's caused them to be elders inside for so many years. And what they do is progressive things. And so they sit with younger people coming in and encourage them to come back to society's assets rather than liabilities. You are an example of that. That the people who met you inside, that I talked with you on the phone, uh, at that point that brother had been locked up over 50 years. He had been eligible for parole since 1976, and they kept him till he died this year. Um, So he never got out. But what he did all the time that he was there was he intersected with young people about not engaging in this madness. Much of the stuff we see that's going on right now in the communities, well, we need that out here. We need those people who have come to some clear understanding that our communities need to be safe, our children need to be safe, our parents, um, our families need to be safe. And the authorities keep them locked up in there because in order to inform and teach people about really what's going on, you've got to tell them the truth. That the police ain't their friends. That prison is not this place that's even designed to rehabilitate anything. Like, the whole notion is absurd. You either change from something that you experience and your own life's experience, or you don't. So, we need those folks here. The folks out here that's engaging in a lot of the violence. That's impacting our community. Is dirty. Many of them going the inside. They don't need to be welcomed as conquering heroes. That what they need to be welcomed as people who are engaging in
4: activities that's detrimental to everything that's a part of who they are and growing up and their
2: homeboys certainly don't need to be welcoming them as conquering heroes because the people inside are doing years and years and years based on something that they didn't even do. So the narrative is that the community is absolutely crazy and
6: people are running around here killing people up, willy-nilly, and we need to hold these folks who've been locked up for 40, 50 years, 30 years longer because of what's going on out here. At the same time, those folks in
2: there are turning out people like you, people who come out of here and commit to doing something different, to bringing something new to the table. Well, we don't need you coming out here after you have spent your whole youth in that
1: situation. We need people who are in there out here to intersect with you here on
2: the front end and not the back end. And I know your time is running now, so let me leave it there. That's how we liberate our elders. We have a job for them, we have something for them to do.
0: All right, beautiful people, that is our show. I do want to encourage you, if you would like to watch that again, and I think that there are also, there's going to be more to come. Minister King X of Cage Universal is also going to be putting out a movie, so let's look for that. Um, of course, we want to shout out the Homefulness Handbook that is put out by poor, the Poor Magazine family. You heard from Tiny. Um, continue to please uh, visit the website of California Prison Focus by going to prisons.org. Read the articles, read the newsletter, Um, check out their Facebook page and all of their social media platforms and make donations, investments into these newspapers. Uh, Go to, again, Cage Universal, Minister King at uh, YouTube. Listen to his new album that dropped just a little bit ago. You can find it on all the... um, the streaming platforms for music. And I want to encourage you also to go to the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspapers website at sfbayview.com. Please do what you can to either support with your time or your money. And um, again, I want to thank all y'all for being here and uh, for all the incredible work that is being highlighted by this uh, third annual Ratcliffe Awards. A big shout out to Mary and Willie Ratcliffe for holding this down as editors and publishers of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, Kim Pollack for holding it down for editing and publishing the uh, prison focus newspaper. Peace out. Love y'all. Ubuntu. Get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer.